The scripture reading is from the book of Luke, chapter 14, verses 15 through 24. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I've just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, Go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in, so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who are invited will get a taste of my banquet. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. We've been looking at some of the parables that Jesus told in the Gospel of Luke. And the parable that we're looking at today is a story that Jesus told that's designed to teach us about God's kingdom. Today we've been remembering that God's kingdom is an eternal kingdom. The kingdom of God is the rule that Jesus came to proclaim when he came into this world. It is the kingdom that will come in its fullness when Jesus returns. And it is a kingdom in which the saints of God, the people of God, will live in the Lord's presence forever, forever. And, and in this parable, there's a couple of things that Jesus teaches us about this eternal kingdom that are very important for us to know. A couple of things he teaches us about the kingdom here. The first is we learn in this parable that the kingdom of God is easy to miss. It's easy to miss out on God's heavenly kingdom. So let me give you the context of this parable. When Jesus told this story, he was at a dinner party. Uh, verse 1 of this chapter tells us he, he was in, at a dinner party in the house, it says, of a prominent Pharisee. And there were many other people at this party. It was, a, it was a huge meal that was being served. It was the Sabbath day, so they were just coming from their worship service in the synagogue. And many of the people who were present there were very religious people. Many of them were actually religious leaders. Verse 3 of the chapter tells us that there were Pharisees there. There were teachers of the law. So that's that's the context of this story. When he told this story, Jesus was surrounded by people who talked about God a lot. That's the kind of people who were there. Now, in the verse immediately preceding the passage that Bonnie just read, in verse 14 of, of Luke chapter 14, Jesus had just mentioned 
the resurrection. He said something about the resurrection of the righteous. And as soon as Jesus said that word, resurrection, one of these religious dinner guests immediately blurted out something that sounded very, very spiritual. He said in verse 15, he said, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. As if to say, oh, Jesus, I'm so glad you mentioned heaven. I want to tell you, I can't wait to go to heaven. Heaven will be wonderful. And that's when Jesus told this parable. And in the parable, this man is preparing a great banquet, and he sent out his servants to tell those who had been invited to the banquet that the meal was ready, it was time to come. And you'll notice, this is important to notice, verse 17 says that the, the people whom the servant went out to gather, these were people who had already been invited to the banquet. The servant was not sent out to ask people if they might want to come. He was merely sent to inform people uh, that the meal was ready, that the, 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 the invitation was, it was time. In, in other words, this is indicating that these were people, they'd already been invited, they'd already responded, they said yes, they want to come to the banquet, and they're just being told it's time for the party to start. Now, why is that an important detail? Because these people in the parable, these were people who had said they wanted to go to the banquet. Just like this dinner guest in verse 15 said he wanted to go to heaven. And that's a key point of this story. That The point is, there's a difference between saying and doing. Would you agree with that? There's a big difference between saying and doing. So in the parable, these people who've been invited to the banquet, when, when when it actually comes time to go to the party, notice they came up with all kinds of excuses for why they couldn't go. One guy said, I just bought a field. You have to go look at it. Another guy said, I just bought a bunch of oxen. I have to try them out. Another guy said, I just got married. This is not a good time for me. And, and see, this is a main point of this story, saying that you plan to attend a feast is not the same thing as actually going to the feast. In other words, not, not, every, not everyone who says they want to be in God's kingdom will be there. It, in Matthew chapter 7, uh, verse 21 through 23, I, I would classify these as some of the most sobering words in the Bible, these words always cause my heart to just skip a beat. Jesus said this, Matthew 7. He said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who's in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, Jesus said, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. There's a a big difference between saying and doing. There's a a difference between singing about our our love for God's kingdom and actually entering it. These are not the same thing. In, In 1 Corinthians 4, verse 20, the apostle Paul said, he said, the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. 
I mean, this is a, a day in the tradition of, of many churches where, where we think about those who have gone before us, who are right now in the presence of God. We, we sing and think about our hope one day of being united with them in, in, in the presence of God. But if all we ever do is talk about God's kingdom or sing about God's kingdom or think about God's kingdom, you know what? If that's all we do, we could miss it. Now, you'll notice in this parable what distracted these people from coming to, to the banquet. It, it's not that they were doing all kinds of wicked things. Did you notice that? You know, the servant comes out and, and says, it's, you know, the master says, you know, the meal is ready. It's time to come to the feast. And, and they did not say, I'm sorry, I can't come to the feast today. I'm going to be busy robbing a bank. Right? Or, I'm sorry, I can't come to the feast today. Today I'm scheduled to be selling drugs. That's not, the, that's not what they said. Like, they were not doing wicked things. Did you notice that? They were doing good things. Starting a family, building a farm. These are good things. And listen, this is a point. Jesus frequently made this point in his teaching. He often, he often taught that there are people who will miss the kingdom of heaven not because they were seduced by, by the evil things of the world, but because they were just distracted by the good things of the world. Jesus said in, in Mark 4, verse 19, he said, the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, the desires for other things can come in, come into your heart and choke God's word, making it unfruitful. I mean, we all struggle with this. I've, I wonder, have you, ever, have you ever felt the desire for other things begin to grow in you and starts to choke your desire for God? Your desire for His Word, it's, it, it happens very gradually. I had a, a friend who was a, he was a Boy Scout when he was a kid, and he told us that one of the pranks that Boy Scouts would sometimes play on each other, they'd be on a backpacking trip, hiking through the forest on the way to camp somewhere, and, and I, they'd pick one kid that they're going to play the prank on. And so every time they would stop and pause or rest or something, when this kid wasn't looking, they would sneak up behind him and find a little opening in his backpack and just drop in a pebble, <laughs> a little tiny stone. He wouldn't notice it. It hardly weighed anything. And, and, and then the next time they would pause on their hike, somebody else would drop in another little pebble, just drop it into the pack. They do this all day as they're hiking. And, of course, the kid never noticed because it's just happening so gradually. But by the end of the day, this poor kid is so weighed down with all his stones in his pack, he can, he can hardly follow the trail anymore. I think that Satan wants to use a strategy similar to that with us. Just gradually, little by little, adding a distraction here, a distraction there, one more pebble here, one, until we can, we're so weighed down with the things of the world. We can, we can hardly follow Christ anymore. And I think Jesus told this parable just to, to lovingly warn us, just to say, don't, please, please, don't let that happen to you. Don't. One Christian author wrote some words that I found um, just very compelling. This is what he wrote. He said, it is not the banquet of the wicked. It is not the banquet of the wicked that dulls our appetite for heaven. It's endless nibbling at the table of the Lord. And so one, one point of this parable is that um, 
to this religious man who blurts out, oh, I can't wait for the resurrection. I can't wait for heaven. The one point of this parable is just say, listen, don't just talk about this. Let let your life respond to the call of the kingdom. Don't Don't just talk and don't be distracted. Respond. So one thing we learn about the kingdom of God from this parable is that the kingdom of God is easy to miss. Second thing we learn, paradoxically, is that the kingdom of God is easy to find. Easy to miss, but easy to find. It's it's, it's not difficult to enter God's kingdom. It's not not impossible for anyone to attain God's kingdom. So in the the parable, um, after after the initial set of invited guests declined uh, to, to attend the feast, the host of the banquet, he turns to one of his servants, verse 21, he says to his servant, go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in, and here's what he said, bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. And listen, that phrase, the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame, that would have instantly caught the attention of the people who first heard this parable because those are basically the exact same words Jesus had just used seconds before he told the parable. So if you, if you read the whole chapter of Luke 14, Immediately before Jesus told this parable, he had just kind of uh, reprimanded the host of the dinner party that he was attending because Jesus noticed that, that the only people this host had invited to his dinner party were people who had the resources to return the favor and someday invite the host to their house. It's kind of like, let's say you have a barbecue and the only people you invite, invite to your barbecue, either people who own a beach house or they have a backyard pool or they have a fancy home or they are really, really good cooks. The, the, you, like you only invite people who could pay you back, right? That's what this host had done. He had only invited people who could pay him back. And so Jesus said to this host, verse verse 12 to 14, it said, Jesus said to the host, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back and so you will be repaid. He said, but when you give a banquet, invite, and here's the phrase, he said, invite the poor the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. So you see, right before he told the parable, Jesus had just used that phrase, the poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame, and he used that phrase to signify what? To signify people who cannot pay you back. So when Jesus tells the the parable in verse 21, he says, you know, the owner of the house ordered his servant, servant, go out into the streets and and bring the poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame. What was he saying? He was saying this. He was saying that the only people God ever welcomes into his kingdom are people who cannot pay God back. The only, we think about the saints who are in God's presence right now. None of them could ever pay God back for what he's done for them, ever. The only people God ever welcomes into his kingdom are people, are the poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame, people who have nothing to offer God, people who could never, ever repay God for his kindness to them. In other words, to put it simply, we're saved by grace. Amen? Those those who make it into the the eternal kingdom of, of God 
are not those who've been good enough to deserve God's favor. No one is good enough to deserve God's favor. Those who make it into the eternal kingdom of God are those who come. Very simply, it's those who come. Those who hear the invitation and come, they respond to the the invitation. They have no right at all to be there, but they say, if you're inviting me to this feast, I'm going. It's those who come. And this is, listen, this is the heart of the good news that Jesus came to proclaim. It's, It's this. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how you've failed. It doesn't matter how you've sinned. Listen, it doesn't matter if you made a deal with the devil himself. If you come to God through faith in Jesus Christ, the Father will receive you into his banquet. Let me repeat that. If you come to God through faith in Christ, the Father will receive you. Did you notice in the parable, verse 23, the master, he he turned to his servant, he said, go out to the roads, the country lanes, compel people to come in so that my house will be full. Did you hear that? The Father wants his house to be full. He doesn't want any seat at his banquet table to be empty, especially the seat designed for you. He says that the Father will welcome anyone into the kingdom who's willing to come. Back in the uh, 1800s, there was an Anglican bishop uh, who wrote a commentary on the Gospel of Luke, and when he was was, uh, reaching some conclusions about this parable, these are the words that he wrote. He wrote this, The Father is ready to receive all who come to Him by Christ. I'm going to repeat that because I think it deserved an amen, all right? The Father is ready to receive all who come to Him by Christ. Amen? The Son is ready to cleanse from their sins all who apply to Him by faith. The Spirit is ready to come to all who ask for Him. And then this this bishop wrote this. He said, there is an infinite willingness in God to save people if only they're willing to be saved. God says, I want my house full. And so do you see what a weird story this is? Do you notice how strange the, the story plays out when you get to the end? I mean, this is the strange thing about this parable. The people who missed the banquet missed out on it without really doing anything bad. And the people who enjoyed the banquet entered into it without really doing anything good. The only difference between the two groups was their willingness to come. Their willingness to respond to the invitation. So let me, let me ask you, uh, uh, this is a very personal question. I don't expect you to answer out loud. You might even need a few days to think about this. Have you responded to the invitation? I don't mean have you voiced words about Jesus. We've all done that. We're in church. That's what we're doing today. I mean, have you, from your heart, have you responded to this invitation to come into the kingdom of God? And, 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 to, and to feast at the banquet of his love and to be one of his people seated around his table. If not, second question, are you willing? That's all he's asking for. Are you willing? There's an old hymn that I love. Some of you know this hymn. The words go like this. Come, come ye sinners, poor and needy, 
weak and wounded, sick and sore. You ever felt like that describes you? I'm just weak, I'm wounded, I'm sick, I'm sore, and I'm a sinner. Come, you sinners, poor and needy, weak and wounded, sick and sore. Jesus stands ready to save you, full of mercy, love, and power. And then one of the verses says, let not conscience make you linger, nor of fitness fondly dream. The only fitness he requires is to feel your need for him. The only requirement to be at this eternal feast, the only requirement is to come. The master says, come. My banquet is ready. You are invited. Come. Do you pray with me right now? Father, we ask that in your mercy, the teaching that Jesus gave us in this, in this story, that it would not be wasted on us. I, I pray, first of all, that you would warn any of us who are gradually becoming distracted by the things of the world. Um, I pray that you just shake us awake and show us what's happening so that we would not drift from you. And I pray for any who feel like they've always, when it comes to your kingdom, they always felt like they're on the outside looking in. I pray that this would be the day when they say yes. Yes, Lord, yes. Yes, Lord, yes, I come. If you'll take me, here I am. Jesus, I come. I want to be at your feast. Give us grace to respond from the depths of our heart for the glory of your name. Amen.